following is a presentation of Bridges Community Church. Our teacher today is Pastor Ron King. For more information on Bridges Community Church, visit us online at www.bridgescc.org. We're in the book of Ephesians. Turn your Bible open, if you would, please, to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be actually jamming all the way through the book of Ephesians this morning, um, just pointing out some really great truths of Scripture. And if you don't have a Bible, we've provided some for you, or uh, you can use your phone or whatever, however you get to it. And if you don't know what you're doing in the Bible, that's okay. A lot of people are just at the very beginning discovery phase. So turn to someone around you who looks like they know what they're doing and say, how do I get to Ephesians? What's that about? And they'll be happy to help you out. A few months ago, um, we had at church, we had launched out our newest church plant, Arise. And by the way, they had the celebration last Sunday of dedication over the facility and their church. And tons of people are there. And it's just a really very cool time to see what God's in the middle of doing there. Um, praise God for that. But we started praying about the, like the what next for Bridges and for especially 2014. And um, we just wanted deeply in our own hearts and in the life of the greater fellowship um, to discover what would it look like for us to fully live for Jesus and for that kind of life to really impact um, the people that we know and love or just connected to our neighbors or friends, people at school and work. And what, what would that look like for us? And we started thinking about how culture and our habits and the pressures of school and work, our own selfishness, our sinfulness, our failings can shove us into this mold, a place where we just kind of, you know, are confined and we're living this life that perhaps God is, in fact, I know that God didn't really call us to. What would it look like for us to break out of that that mold for us? And that's what we're talking about in many different ways this year. And um, so we're in this journey together. And you might have heard Pastor Nate talk about some of the things, really kind of strategic things last week. If you missed that, just a brief overview. When we're thinking about um, what it would look like for us to break out of that mold of our junk and live the life that God has called us to. In our conversations, we started saying, no, it would take us, take us living an intentional life, not something that just happens and we're just going with the flow, but we'd actually have to intentionally break out of that stuff. And we couldn't do it in our own strength because we're not capable of doing that. God would have to do this powerful work and we have to hunger and thirst for it and pursue it, the work of God in us. And we knew that we couldn't do that by ourselves, right? I, none of us can do it. Ray can't do it by himself, and Mark can't do it. By, none of us can do it by ourselves. We have to do it in community. That's why we do this called church, to encourage each other to fully, fully live for Jesus and to do it in ways that we can't do it alone. So we'd have to live in community, and we'd also have to live for something beyond ourselves, we have to live for the story, we call it. Living for the gospel is what we mean. The good news that Jesus loved us, that he came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again, that he ascended to the right hand of the Father, that he is 
now interceding for us, that he lives for us and we live for him. So how do we do that? And Nate gave us some, um, some challenges, some action steps that we're going to be talking about a lot this year. And it's not really our own work. God's going to have to do this with us. But he gave us something to think about, um, pie, which I happen to really love. I, I love pie. I don't know about you. I don't know what your favorite pie is. I, I, I love all kinds of pie, except for pumpkin pie. I'm not a real pumpkin pie fan. But, but, and, and it's kind of a, a thought for us to think about this Pi is P. The P of that pie is, is to pray, to think about some friends that we might have and faithfully take five minutes a day and pray for them. And we're going to keep putting that challenge out in front of you. In fact, next week in community, because we do this in community, we're going to take the opportunity to make a commitment to pray for five friends. We're going to do it in a really fun, creative way. I think you'll be really inspired and encouraged by it. But we want you thinking this week about five people to pray for this year that you might commit to pray for just briefly every day to pray for. And then, and then we talked about um, the eye of Pi, which is to invite. Invite people to, to have an, uh, to opportunities where they're going to experience the gospel. Now, that might be one of the um, many outreach things we do or service things we do. It could well be happening in the context of your life group, your small group, or it could just be something that you're doing as a family or you're doing individually and you're going to have an opportunity to have your friend, your, your colleague experience the gospel. And finally, um, the E was to engage people in spiritual conversation. And we want to give people a lot of opportunities to be able to do that. One of the opportunities that we want to encourage you to think about is by telling your own story. Telling your story in three minutes or less recording it on your smartphone if you have one of those, or look for someone who looks smart and grab their phone. And um, tell that story, a three-minute story, and then upload it so we can share those stories. And even right now, we've got a bunch of stories that are online you can take a look at. And, um, and we want to help people practice it and help people actually tell their story so you can jump into spiritual conversations this year. All those things are in front of us, and um, I've been thinking a lot of two questions that we want to tackle this morning. First is, why in the world would you do this? What would inspire you to, to break out of the, the current habit that you're in? Because, you know, to be honest, it's comfortable. And sometimes we get cozy in our way of life, our direction, even if it's not best for us or healthy for us or what God has intended for us, but we can just get in the habit of it. And to break out, it takes you know, it takes some doing, doing first and foremost by the work of God and us being willing to go down that path of God's work in us. It means that I'm going to have to take out the earbuds <laughs> in my ears that can just get me focused on the culture and focused, I'm not talking literally, unless there's somebody in here listening to music, um, oh, just giving you a hard time, um, but to be able to remove some of the cultural influence on me and to break out, what would that what would that look like, and how could I experience that? So why would I do it? And the second question is, how? How do I take the first steps forward to a new life? Well, to help us with that, um, there's this wonderful book in Scripture that is really all about intentionality, the intention of God and what His intentions are and how I live intentionally in response to what God has done for me. So you hear um, 
I would just encourage you now to open up Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read through some key texts in the book of Ephesians. And um, it's like turning on the fire hose. It's theologically dense. It's going to be like, wow, that's a lot. I'm still, I'm just barely scratching the surface, which is intended this morning. So this week you dive into it yourself and you think through the depths of what's being said in Scripture and the challenge in front of us together as a fellowship. So some great truths. Again, I'm going to focus in a couple passages, and um, it's going to be a lot of great truth from Scripture. And then we're going to think about how to apply it. So first, Ephesians chapter 1, which gets at the why in the world would I, would I, want, would I want to break out of the mold and live a different kind of life. And Paul tells us here, listen to the word of God, starting in verse 3, and then we'll read through verse 14. You ready? Okay, I just asked a question because sometimes we just zip through it, and um, God, heart's being wide open here, this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I would expect an amen or a man. That's so sweet at this point, yeah. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory." Now, if you were listening and soaking that in, you connected with some repeated phrases that Paul begins this book with. They're powerful phrases. Let me ask you the question. Does it sound like God is is described as one without purpose who operates randomly, or is he described here as a God who is purposeful and intentional? Yeah, B is the right answer, right? 50-50 chance, just like the 49ers have, right? Um, What? Uh, That's good, right? (laughs) I'm giving them 50-50. So it's that God is purposeful. He, He is a God who is intentional. He predestined. He foreordained. From the foundations of the earth, according to his plan, it's repeated, repeated in this text, so that you would catch this, that God from the very beginning has a purpose and a plan. And regardless of what happens in our world, the events, regardless of what happens in your circle, in your world, even the hardest moments, the tragedies, the struggles, 
It is in the thick of the purposes of God. He is sovereign and he has all things under control. And he works all things, even the things that are born of our sinfulness and rebellion. The things that are evil in the world. He works all things together for his good. Because he's a God of purpose from the very beginning to the very end and in the middle. That's what Ephesians 1 helps us see. And it all happens with a purpose. And the purpose is for the praise of his glory. You see that phrase repeated again and again in that text. It is about for the praise of his glory. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's not that God needs or is dependent on that, on you giving him glory. It's because that's the way you were wired from the very beginning, created in him. To be someone, you find your fulfillment, your life purpose in giving him glory because it's good, it's right, it's healthy for us. Not because he needs it. It's how we're designed. So, this is a very intentional God who has called us to live a purposeful life and blessed us with that. That's actually a blessing. And again, in Ephesians 1, it repeats about, um, keeps telling us about what a rich, good grace that is for us and how this is part of his goodness for us and that he has this plan. That plan is about his powerful activity. It's about his glory. It's about my salvation. Thank God for that, that, that I'm part of his God. And he's called me to be a son, a daughter of his, adopted by him. And that his spirit is working through me. It is his work. And he alone can break me out of the mold that I was stuck in and help me live the life he's designed for me. Now, Paul reemphasizes and comes back to this point in chapter 2. Again, I want to read a few more verses And again, you really need to to think deeply about this and have conversation in your life groups, in your family, as you return to the text this week. Listen again to the truth of this word. And many of you might be familiar, but listen to this about God, what he has done intentionally for you and can do through you. Here found in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse, verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That God has created us for a purpose, intentionally. And he has empowered that. And it is a work of his love, his affection, his grace that's immeasurable for us. It's not out of our own strength, And it's not with our own purposes. It's an intentional life that he's called us to out of his grace because we're designed like this, his workmanship, to this kind of life that he's called us to. So how does that happen? Well, fortunately, God's word is very clear on this. And he talks about, Paul does in the book of Ephesians, about what happens in, in the interior life for us 
for myself, for Carl here, who's walked with Jesus for a long season, for Bruce, for every one of us here in this room. How, how does that happen in the interior part of us? Again, listen to God's word found in Ephesians. I'm going to start in verse 17 and read through verse two, or chapter 5, verse 2, and I want you to think again about what God is doing and the kind of life, the intentional kind of life God has called us to. Verse 17, he gets very specific. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, as your culture does. Don't live in the mold of your culture, Paul is saying, in the futility of their minds because it ends up where? It's futile, chasing after the things that your culture chases after. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. It's not, it's not due to their capacity, their, their logic. It's due to the heart because your affections go an opposite direction than what God has called you to, and it wrecks you. As Nate would say, Pastor Nate, it would jack you up. That's what he's, right? They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to the practice of every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him. As the truth is in Jesus, put off your old self, the old mold, step out of that, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let sin go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for the building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Pretty specific, isn't it? Gives us really great counsel. In fact, when you dive into the, the big picture of Ephesians, and I would encourage you to read it through yourself, it helps us understand the specifics of a life that's a new life, not the old self, the old mold, but break out of that and enter into the new life that God has called you to. A life that gives grace to other people, helps them see the forgiveness that, that you have been blessed with. So that's the big picture of how and some specifics along the way. Paul ends his letter. He concludes it with a, with a metaphor that many of you are familiar. If you've read the book of Ephesians, right? It's, it's a metaphor of warfare, of spiritual battle. Now, why would he do that? Well, let me ask the question for those of you who seek to follow Jesus. Was it a struggle this week? 
Okay, let me ask it a different way. Did any of you who seek to follow Jesus not struggle this week with that? Right? It is a battle. It is a battle. Not just a, a mental and a physical one, but it's actually a spiritual battle because we wage this against the enemy of our souls. Scripture teaches us. And Paul gets specific about how to live the intentional life that God has called us to, how to put off the old and put on the new, and to enter into the intentional life that will affect people, affect us personally first, and then will affect our neighbors and the people we work with and go to school with. And it's in that concluding statement that I want to draw your attention to in Ephesians chapter 6, just those closing words that, that Paul gives about the armor of God. Ephesians 6, just verses 13 through 20. If you turn there with me and we'll think again. Again, this morning's a little bit like a fire hose. You're going to get all this scripture and all these thoughts. Go to your life group or go to your family and start talking about this and digging deeper. Now, the context of this, as I mentioned, is about the intentional life. And Paul's passion for those in the church of Ephesus to not go undefended into this battle, but to wear the entire armor of God. And the armor is this, as he describes it, starting verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul says, man, I, I can't even do what God has called me to do unless we pray. So here's the, the intentional life of God that he's called us to, specifically the seven parts of our spiritual armor or equipment, truth and righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, the word, and prayer. For the person who desires to live with intention, these things must become part of us. First truth, because absolute truth matters. For the person who seeks to live the intentional life, truth really matters. I was having a conversation with um, some friends of mine recently. Um, they actually have been coming more and more dear to my family, and um, we were just entered in this conversation where uh, they, they were talking about God, and they, um, they come from a different faith background than I do, and they were talking about, um, you know, different faith systems, and they said, yeah, you know, it's the same God in every religion. Now, I had a, an opportunity there to, um, to figure out, how do I, how do I step into that? Because that's a statement that I don't believe. It's not true. So I said, um, you know, that's an interesting statement you just made, but I, I have to tell you that um, I, don't, I don't believe it's accurate. 
And the reason why I don't believe it's truthful is because I've read these different books. I've read the Gita, I've read the Quran, and I've read the Bible, and they describe very different perspectives of God. Um, you know, in the Quran, God is wholly other. He is transcendent. You cannot have relationship with that God described in the Quran. But in the Bible, God is absolutely almighty and holy and majestic. He is transcendent, but he is also personal. Emmanuel, God with us. He is described as something very, very different than the God painted in the Quran. It's not the same God. The, the God I worship is a God who gave his son for me so that I might have life and relationship with him. He's, he's the God, as Ephesians 1 tells me, that adopted me as his child. He invited me into relationship by his own counsel and purposes from the foundations of the earth. He had counseled Pradeep to follow himself and to become a man who lives with God and for God in relationship with him and care in the same way, right? This is God's call for us. It's different. And it's different, and I made those statements because truth matters. It matters in my life. It matters in my witness. For the person who wants to, to live the intentional life, truth matters, and it's part of the armor of God. And righteousness matters. The text that we read in Ephesians chapter 4 said that we are created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. He created me with this purpose to live right, to be a righteous man, for you to be a righteous woman, and for us to be holy, for us to have right relationship with him and to live a holy life, a different kind of life than the culture is living, to be bright and clean and pure before God. That's, that's the life he's called us to, and without that kind of life, my witness is undercut. I cannot live for God and be unholy and be unrighteous. I'm called for something better than the life that's corrupted, than the life that's dead and leads to corruption and deadness. It's to be alive in Christ. That's what he's called me to and you to, and this church too. And that's an armor, a piece of the armor. And the text tells us that faith matters. For the person who desires to live with intention, faith really does matter because there are all kinds of flaming darts that Satan sends your way and my way and will this week. And God's intention is for us to grow in our faith with him. We gave you a challenge to pray for five friends. And perhaps the very beginning of the challenge, you're going to be praying for your friend and say, you know, with really weak sauce faith, you're going to say, God, um, here's my friend I want to bring before you. And they're so far away from you. There's no chance in the world they're ever going to come to you. But my pastor told me I had to pray, so here goes. And uh, do what you want or what, what you're able to. I doubt nothing can happen. I, I, don't, I don't know. At least you're starting that way and you're being honest. And I'm, that's good. That's a good start. But don't end that way. Be a person who prays with confidence because your God is almighty and he loves to do the impossible, to change people's hearts and to move them to himself and he's been thinking about that person from the foundations of the world. So pray with that kind of confidence. Faith matters. You're going to have opportunities this week where those darts will come in. You'll, you'll doubt your faith. You'll doubt the gospel. You'll doubt your salvation potentially. 
But listen, God is faithful and he's true. Seize on to, hold on to your faith, dear brothers and sisters. This is part of the life he's called you to, not a life of confusion and doubt, but a new life in him. Faith matters to you. And salvation matters. You are adopted, the text says, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Your salvation really truly matters. What has God done in your life? What's your story? This is the thing that you should proclaim to your friends and and engage them in conversation with because it really does matter how God has changed you. Um, we're going to give people opportunity to tell their story. And, and um, even if you're not smart and you don't have a smartphone, I don't have a smartphone, by the way. I know I'm the geek. But um, I know people that do. So I use their phones. And um, you can take that smartphone or your iPad or wherever it might be and tell your story. Take three minutes to tell your story. And we've got instruction on how you can post that up. There's already a bunch of people that have posted it online. And you can take that opportunity to be thinking about how I can tell that story, just as kind of practice for that opportunity that's going to come your way because you're praying for it this year to tell your story, to be able to engage people in this kind of conversation. Your salvation, dear brothers and sisters, matters, and you were saved not just for yourself. You were saved for the praise of his glory. That's what the text tells us. So that people might follow Jesus with you. So that they might understand the joy of glorifying God. And the word matters. It's what speaks. Not your own words. I, I know, we, we all struggle with this. How do, we, how do we actually engage people in spiritual conversations? And then you, you think afterwards, man, I should have just said this. I shouldn't have said that. I'm such an idiot, you know? We all are like that. All of us. I, I am. But I know this, that God's word speaks more powerfully than my own words. Sometimes I just need to say, hey, let me invite you to read the Bible and If you need a Bible to give to your friend, we've got them here. We'll be happy to give you one so you can give a Bible to your friend and they could start reading. Perhaps in the gospel is a great place to start. The book of Luke or the book of John and and have them start thinking about it themselves. What that would be like would be that your friends and your family members would be spoken to by God himself, himself. The word really does matter. And finally, we're told that prayer matters. Why? Because no powerful witness will ever take place without it. Because it connects you to the power of God and it empowers you to be able to live a life that will affect other people and to speak the words that you need to speak. And it envisions us. It changes your vision as you keep praying for your friends. Now, you've heard the instruction But I thought um, this morning it would be a lot more powerful for you to also see lives that are living intentionally for the Lord God and that have been really changed because of it. I I have some dear friends with, with us here this morning who are living intentional lives for the Lord. I know a lot of you are, but really um, this couple in a remarkable way have been changed by it and um, and I have loved to see what God's been doing in their life, and I'd like you to welcome them to the stage. This is Quang and Janice. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 
Now, if you have um, you've never met Quang and Janice, you have missed out. So they're going to be right afterwards. They're going to be on the patio, and they can, um, they can talk with you a little bit. But I, I first connected with this dear couple about four, a little four years ago, I guess now. And um, I had connected through a mutual friend who I really admire. He's a guy named Stephen Chandra, who leads um, the ministry of the Free Church in Asia. And he was bragging about Quang and Janice. And um, they come from a church that I've got family in, and we have all these mutual connections, so we talked. And, and I had the privilege, thanks, Pat, of, um, of going and spending some time with them. And many of, we've sent, since then many teams to be with them and see what God is doing in and through them. This really, truly is a work of God. It's not all about Quang and Janice. But um, God grabbed hold of them when... Quang was leading a successful business in Fullerton. And, um, and just, they just started thinking, what would it look like to, to live intentionally for the Lord in a different way? So I want you to just share with the body a little bit about your journey so they can know that and be praying for you guys too, right? Thank you so much for having us here. It's an honor for us to share about our life, our journey with God. Uh, so uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for you, your church and uh, your leadership of the church. Uh, pray for us, support us in the last four years. Um, as Ron said, uh, four years ago, Janice and I closed out the business and to uh, show our lovely house <laughs> that I love. <laughs> and then I saw our fancy car and to... Uh, but so all our stuff, everything, and gave away to my friend, to my family, and to be missionary of the features. I went back to my home country, it's Vietnam, where I have 90 million people and live in the bondage of sin and lost their soul to ethno health. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart, and then I. What I do in Vietnam right now that we we teaching and preaching and training uh, church leaders and um, uh, student workers. And the joy we have to do uh, according to this calling is much more than we have before in the U.S. And God give us um, a lot of joy and uh, God provides us for everything. We, we lack nothing when we went to uh, work in Mission Field. God provides us the food, the place to live, and uh, God gives us to, to bless a hundred local churches. Uh, so uh, we uh, serve in children's ministry, and we saw a thousand, a thousand children come to the Lord in the past four years. Mm. Many lives have been changed. For instance, um, I have a rival. Uh, he, he was the leader of street gangster in Da Nang City. His lies care of the people and neighbor. Mm-hmm. Janice and I uh, didn't know him uh, as we hired him. Uh, we used to, uh, he used to take us to a training site or uh, to churches. And he, he heard uh, we talk about gospel, and we, 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 uh, he heard when we train people how to share the gospel. And he was curious and asked us about, about faith. 
then we explain to them to him, and he believe and accept uh, Jesus as their savior. Mm-hmm. And his, he changed his life, and he no longer beat his wife. He uh, no longer abandoned kid and to hang around with a gangster anymore. He quit drinking and threatening people. He became a responsible man so that everybody in his family, neighbor, and even police who always aware of his behavior were surprised. He said to them, I'm new now. I am a believer of Jesus right now. Mm. His life is transforming. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. There are many, many lives like that, changing in Vietnam. And where people hear the gospel and believe. Please pray for our work. Please pray for us so we can go and to share the gospel to a million hunger and thirsty for our salvation. Mm. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, it's encouraging, and it? it's, it's always inspiring. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of their story. So Quang sells his business. He goes there, and he uses his... He's not a pastor, right? Um, he, he's, a, he's a businessman, but he uses his skills as a businessman to, to bring other groups to train, to organize, to bring administration. And um, Janice uses her skills and, and the two of them complement each other, and this crazy great ministry happens because in the way God had planned it from the very beginning, this would be a ripe season in Vietnam for the gospel. And, and yet all these pastors, the, the people coming to know Jesus, they were untrained, and they needed the training. They needed the connection that you guys could be the connectors of. And then what he's done in children's ministry is totally inspiring. Those of us who have seen it, it's, you're just standing back and thinking, Wow, that's so crazy, all these kids coming to Jesus, and um, it, it really is great. But in the middle of this, of course, it's a battle, right? And they said that, you know, what they're communicating is just, it's full of joy, but don't mistake this, that they've given up a ton, and it's a battle. And um, just recently, they experienced persecution from the government and um, had to move out of the place where they spent a lot of time developing and are now going to be going back to a very different place. And they're in the thick of it, and they certainly need our prayer. What I want you to hear is that Quang and Janice are not superman and superwoman, right? They're, they're not unlike you. Um, perhaps God is going to call you halfway around the world. I know some of you are thinking, no, please! Um, Perhaps God is going to call you to your neighborhood. I mean, he has called people of every ethnos to Fremont, Union City, Newark, all around us. He has given us the opportunity to live out for him, for Jesus right now, right? So he's probably going to call you right where you are today to flourish for him and to serve him. But the point is to do that with intentionality, to follow the call of of Christ in your life. I also wanted them to come up because we need to pray for them. They're going to go back to the field, and um, it gets, you know, that's what you're talking about, it gets lonely, right? Um, Their dearest friends are here in the States, and God has called them to a place of challenge, and we want to pray for them. And and we also want them to know, to have confidence as we pray, that God is going to continue to do His good work. 
And as Queen's mentioned, there's so many people that have yet to meet Jesus there. So we want to pray that, that they would. So um, join me, would you please, together as we pray. Father, thank you. Um, oh, Lord, we're so grateful for what you have been doing, what you are doing with these dear friends. And thank you for our partnership in the gospel. And thank you for the many, many who are coming to faith and many who are being trained as the church grows up in Vietnam. And um, for your grace in using them, your purpose in using them. And we pray for this next season of ministry. Lord, pour out, continue to pour out your blessing to Quang and Janice and keep them faithful to you. Lord, protect them. And Lord, I pray that you would sharpen us and encourage us with their example, their model to live an intentional life, to think deeply about what we're currently doing and to embrace the plan you have for us, knowing that there's such rich fruitfulness and joy in that direction. So sharpen us, encourage us with your word and with the model that we see now. And we, we, we pray these things, Father, for the praise of your glory. Christ's name, all God's people say Thank you for listening to audio from Bridges Community Church, located in Fremont, California. For more information about Bridges Community Church, please visit us online at www.bridgescc.org.